you have your Bibles with you today, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4, 17 to 32. And I want to talk of these next few Sundays about living in the light. Uh, Jesus is the light of the world, and he calls us to be a light in this world. And I want to talk about that over these next few Sundays, uh, do a kind of a short little series uh, on that. I was sitting in my office one day and trying to, uh, to look at some, some sermons or to do some sermons, and it just kind of came to me, and I wrote down four sermons, uh, four outlines, I should say, uh, about the light. And uh, so out of that, we should have at least three messages there about the light, and that's very important. So Ephesians 4, starting at 17, verse 32. With the Lord's authority, I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they've closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you've learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we're all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good, hard work, and then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful, so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. Father, I thank you for the light that you have brought into our lives. I thank you that, Lord, that we've had the privilege of welcoming Jesus into our life. And, Father, that's a message that we want to see others experience as well, and that others will also experience you, Jesus, and they'll see that you are indeed the light of the world and that they will open up their hearts to you and receive you and experience you and encounter you in Jesus' name. So, Lord, I just pray as we look to your word this day, Lord, just speak to us because we are your servants. We want to do what you want us to do, Lord. We want to be obedient to you. And so we just pray you'll bless your word today in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this morning, I just want to share with you the kind of the beginning of a, a short series on living in the light, uh, living as Jesus would want us to live, living in a way where we model Jesus as the light of the world. As followers of Jesus, obviously, we're to live like Jesus, and that means we are to be a light into our world. Jesus has come as the light of the world, and he now asks us to be a light to this world as well that we might show people the way to God by our words and by our lifestyle. Matthew 4, 14 to 16, Jesus says, You are the light of the world, like a city 
on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. So as Christians, as followers of Christ, we are to be different. I, I know a lot of people don't like that word anymore, that we're to be different than the world that we're living in, but we're to be a light in our world that draws people to that place where they would want Jesus uh, into their lives. When we think of uh, light and darkness, there's a big difference between light and darkness. If you get up around two o'clock in the morning, it's pretty dark out there. And yet, right now, it's beautiful out there, beautiful, and sunshine is one of, there is a big difference between light and between darkness. And that's something that we need to understand as followers of Christ, that there is to be a big difference between us and those that would follow the things of this world. The Bible says our lives should shine like a city on a hill for the whole world to see. I don't know about you, if you've been in a church any time, or and if you haven't been in a church, as a little kid, you might have sang that song, This Little Light of Mine, I'm Gonna Let It Shine. And uh, we used to sing that, I remember, in our Sunday school times. And, and it's so very true. We need to have a light and let it shine. The only thing about that little song is, it talks about this little light of mine. And we need to realize that our light is not supposed to be little. It's supposed to be like a hill, a city on a hill, fully lit. It'd almost be like if I had have asked the sound people, I won't do that to, on them, but if they turned off all the lights right now, and I have my iPad here, you would see a light still here. And for a lot of Christians, they think, well, that's all I need to be, a little tiny light in my world. When in reality is, no, we're to have all the lights on that our life should be like a giant 1,000, 2,000 watt bulb that would just light this whole area. That's what we are to be. We're to be like a city on a hill. So in the Bible, you know, you'll often read of comparisons of God's people and the people of the world as light and darkness. That's, God made that. Jesus speaks about that. The uh, uh, apostles speak about that as well. They make the comparison of light and darkness. So it's not trying to put down our world. It's just how Jesus is trying to describe the difference that there should be evident in our lives between those who are Christians and those who are not. Now, I realize that many false teachings abound today and always have. Uh, they've been, since the gospel started, there's always been false teachings out there. And uh, a lot of professing Christians today, they believe that, you know, it doesn't really matter. Uh, it doesn't matter the light that they have inside of them. It doesn't matter if it's so small that, you know, the world can't even recognize whether or not they're a Christian or not. You know, it does matter. It really does. Our Christianity is not to be hidden. Our Christianity is not to be like the world. Our lives are to be different. Again, Back to those words that Jesus is using, the apostles are using, light and darkness. That's a big difference. We need to understand that. And I, I, I know this line of what is light and what is darkness in the Christian realm is getting blurred more and more. And, you know, we, we see a world today that is telling us, the church, that they don't really see any difference between us and them. 
And I'm sure you have heard that as well when you're out there sharing your faith that sometimes they'll respond quite quickly back and say, well, you know, I don't see any difference between your people and anyone else here. The only difference is I see that you say you believe in Jesus. Well, that's not supposed to be the way that it is. They should be seeing a big difference in all of us. So I want to share these next few Sundays and just speak about what the Bible says. Uh, Our true authority, you know, uh, you know, we, we listen to so many voices out there. We listen to pastors. We listen to podcasts. Uh, we watch things on our uh, TV. We watch things on the Internet. And, and we hear a lot of voices telling us what is light and what is darkness. Well, we need to go back to what the Bible says because, well, there's a lot being misinterpreted these days. And so when in doubt, go back to your Bible. Go back to the Word of God and read it. And this is something that Jesus spoke about lots in the Bible, about being the difference of light and darkness. Again, the apostles, they spoke lots about this, the difference of light and darkness. And so we want to focus on that truth that we might recognize the importance of being a true light unto our world. You know, as a church, uh, if you bother looking at mission statements or vision statements, our mission statement is to reach out and raise up committed followers of Jesus Christ. And then it goes on to the vision to welcome everyone for that opportunity to to be a part of us and to be a part of what God is doing in this day. And so we want to be a light in our community. We want to be a light that shines brightly like a city on a hill. And we want people to recognize, you know what, the people there are different. You know, I heard a beautiful testimony a couple weeks ago, a person that doesn't go to our church And they were referring to a couple in our church. And it was interesting. They said, you know, uh, this particular couple that's in your church, I've never met a finer people in all my life than them. I was thinking, wow, there is a powerful statement. They would take note of somebody from our church that obviously has touched their life, even though they're not a Christian at this point. Somebody in this church touched them, and they've been watching them. I think that's a beautiful thing. And that's what we want to be. As Christians, as followers of Christ, we are to be lights to our world, living in the light so that all people might see Jesus Christ. And so I want to be looking these next few weeks, kind of looking inwardly at ourselves and what it involves to live in the light according to the Word of God, according to Scripture. And the first area that is mentioned here in Scripture, if we want to live in the light, if we want to be a light for Jesus, is to live no longer like the world. When we come to faith in Jesus Christ, we're not to live the same lives that we used to live. Live no longer, the Bible says, like the world. And that that in itself is a real big statement to us as Christians that we need to pay attention to because God's word is telling us that. This is not a preacher, even though I'm doing that right now, but I'm referring to God's word. Uh, This is not, you know, some individual or some other person that's saying this. This is God himself through his word telling us, don't live any longer like the world. That's not your goal anymore. When you become a Christian, there's a different goal. There's a different, uh, inside of you, there's different things that you're going to want to do and desire to do to honor God. And so it says, don't follow the world anymore and what they're doing. And, you know, when it, it comes to this, you know, I think that's pretty clear. Don't live any longer like the world. Ephesians 4, 17, 19, that's where we see that. With the Lord's authority, I say this, 
Live no longer as the Gentiles do, non-Jewish people, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they've closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They've no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. And that's what sin does. You, you want to get involved with sin, it only leads you into more sin. And the sins become greater and greater and greater uh, into every kind of impurity as the Bible talks about. So when we become Christians, we're to start to live according to the light that Christ has brought into our life. Our marching orders come from him, not from the world. We're to have a new focus, new purpose, now that we are believers. And the Bible says, don't be like the world. That's not your example. If you want to continue to be like the world, it will bring confusion in your life. It'll bring confusion to your spiritual life. It'll bring confusion to your testimony. And uh, that's something we need to recognize because we're going to be uh, a witness for Jesus Christ. If, if we're living the same as the world, that's going to bring confusion to them when we start talking to them about Jesus because they're going to look at us and say, well, what, what's up with you? Like, you're no different than me. Don't be preaching at me when I don't see anything different in your life. We are to be different. We really are. Now, that doesn't make us to be weird people. It just means you're to be different people following different set of goals in your life. If we get our direction from our world, then obviously it's going to lead us towards darkness and not light. We need to be getting our directions from God and drawing close to him. God's word says the typical world's mind is full of darkness because they don't know the truth. They, they don't know that God is the way, that Jesus is the way. And so they wander further and further away from God because they don't know God, and they also close their hearts and minds to God, and they get hardened that they don't want to hear anything about the gospel or anything about God. And that's a real dangerous place to be because if that doesn't get corrected in a person's life, then it can easily lead to unrestrained behavior with a desire for more unrestrained behavior, selfish desires and lusts where boundaries are thrown out and further impure acts become normal and usually a hatred towards God happens because they don't like to hear anything that would say to the contrary about how they should live. So there's a lot of behaviors in this world that as Christians, not as a world to avoid, but as Christians, we are to avoid and not practice. It may be okay for the world to live that way. That's their choice. That's their desire. But for us as Christians, we need to make a new choice, a new desire to follow after God. You know, Christian people, they live differently. And we need to get back to that place where we as Christians live differently than our world. We will not reach more of our world by becoming like them. And that's a big lie that's out there. You know, if we become more and more like the world, then you know what? The world's going to want what we have. Why would they want what we have when they already have it? They already have the world. They want something different. And that's what we need to be. We need to be a light to shine in the midst of darkness. Living like the rest of the world is not going to change anybody. But living differently and living according to the word of God will make a difference. 1 John 1, 5 to 6 says, This is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you, God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, 
but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. And so if you want to believe that lie that, you know, we can do everything out there, nothing, you know, it doesn't matter to your spiritual uh, being that, you know, you follow the world, do all the things that the world does, and, and you're not making a change in your life. The Bible says you're living a lie. You're living a lie because you cannot be a Christian and keep living like the world. You know, sometimes, you know, we, we think that we can do that. We hear a lot of other Christians tell us that we can we see a lot of other Christians that are doing those things. But the Bible says, you know, if you want to fall that way, that's a lie. You're believing a lie. We're not, no longer to live like this world. The Apostle John also talked about this. 1 John 2.15, he said, Do not love this world, nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. There's a big difference. Light, darkness, the world, Christians. We are to be different. As we become believers in Jesus, we're to live in the light of our salvation and the light of God's word no longer living in darkness because we know better now. We're called to be lights, lights like a city on a hill. I've seen a George and Georgina's place. They got kind of off the road there. You kind of go up just a tiny little hill. They're sitting on a hill. And when we go in there to pray, I'll just believe that's going to be like a big light just shining to people around them. But we need to be that as individuals. Wherever we live, wherever we are, we should be standing out as a light in the midst of darkness. And then secondly, to live in the light and be lights for our world, we are to throw off or get rid of, put to death, the old nature, the old ways we used to live. Ephesians 4, 20 to 22 says, but that isn't what you learned about Jesus, uh, to live like the world. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. When we become Christians and experience Christ and lives, it's going to show by some changes that we're going to make in our life. Now, not everything in the world is bad. Of course not. But there are some things that the Bible says and that the Bible teaches us that are inappropriate for us as Christians, not for the world, but for us as Christians that need to be dropped from our lives and also thrown away. And by the way, when you throw off or you get rid off or you drop off things that God has convicted you of, you don't pick it up again. You put it to death, never to be resurrected again. I really see that as a problem in Christianity today where people have uh, you know, given up things to follow Jesus Christ and then later on in years they think, well, oh, there's nothing wrong with that. And then they go and they start picking up all the things that they thrown off years ago. And I can tell you what happens. They don't serve God much longer because they get a little bit more, a little bit more of the world. The darkness overtakes the light in that kind of a situation. So we need to be careful. Put it to death. You don't resurrect it. You don't go back and pick up things that God has convicted you of and that you gave up for God. Colossians 3, 5 to 6, uses those very words. Put to death the sinful, earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You know, when we come to Christ, we're to live in the light and stay in that light. And we're to avoid things that are going to draw us back from our commitment to Christ. 
as Christian people, we really need to be careful uh, in living our lives because there's all kinds of things out there that are going to tempt you to try to pull you back. And so that's why we need to stay in the light. Light exposes the darkness. Light will show us those things are not good for us. Again, be careful of entertaining your old ways again because that's been a disaster for so many Christians. And uh, being a pastor of many, many years now, I've seen enough of that and have watched people uh, walk away from God, even ministers that walk away from God uh, because they start picking up things that they'd already given away and have given to God and had put to death in life, but they resurrected it and start doing it again. Now, to help us in this whole area, you know, we seem to be a, a, a people that, well, I want to know the details. What do you mean by that when we're to put to death certain things of the world? Well, the Bible, for a lot of things, it does make it very clear about things that we're to throw off or not to have in our lives now that we've become Christians. Now, verses 21, 31, we already read those, so I'm just going to kind of quickly just go over the things that they're saying there that we need to throw off these things. It says throw off lust, deception, lies, anger, stealing, foul, abusive language, bitterness, rage, harsh words, slander, evil behavior, resisting, grieving the Holy Spirit. And now there's far more than that that we're to throw off, and we'll look at some of those things uh, in the other messages to come. However, it's a great place for us to start to realize, you know what, the Bible does spell out a lot of things. It may not spell out every little thing that we're to avoid as Christians, but it sure spells out a whole lot that, you know, there is no argument. God's word says that's wrong. Then it's wrong. There's no argument. There's no discussion. There's no opinion. God's word is supreme. And we need to remember that as Christians, that God's word is supreme. So those kinds of things uh, that he pointed out to us they do not produce light, but rather darkness. So if we're going to be serious about being people of light, then we're going to have to learn with dealing with that old nature, throwing it off, keeping it behind us, and not resurrecting things that we gave up for God. They're been put to death, let them be death. Then thirdly, we're to live in the light, seeking the Spirit of God, seeking to be sensitive not just to the Word of God that we have, their Bibles, but seeking to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit that speaks to us, that guides us, and that leads us. Ephesians 4.23 says, Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. So as we start to pray and seek the Lord, I'll tell you what happens. God begins to speak to you. God begins to impress things upon you. Just suddenly you start to feel certain things in your life that you've been doing. You start feeling, you know what? I just have this funny feeling that I'm not to do this anymore. And they stopped doing it. I love it when I talk to uh, new people in the faith and they come to me and say, Pastor, I stopped doing this certain thing. And I said, really? I said, who told you that? Some of them been talking to you from the church? No, Pastor, I've been reading the Bible. And I saw it in the Bible that I'm not to do that anymore. I said, way to go. That's what I want to hear. Or when someone comes and say, Pastor, hey, I you know what, I'm not living this lifestyle anymore. I said, wow, that, that's cool. I said, who told you not to do that? He said, I just felt like God impressing something on the inside of me that I'm not to do that. And so I said I'd obey what I felt inside that God was speaking to me. I said, right on. That's what I want to hear. 
Let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. And when we welcome the Holy Spirit in our lives, let me tell you, He does exactly that. And He starts working not just on our actions or our deeds. He starts working on our attitudes and our thoughts. Because sometimes, you know, we do pretty well with, you know, okay, these things here, I don't do these things. But we might be entertaining those things. We might be thinking about those things. We might have some bad attitudes, but, you know, we kind of condone them because, well, I'm not literally doing it. I'm just thinking about it, or I'm just having thoughts that I shouldn't have. Well, when you welcome Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit goes after those things too. He goes after the thoughts. He goes after the attitudes. He goes after the whole thing. And so we need to be learning to be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit as he moves upon us, as he impresses us. You may not always hear, uh, you know, don't, most times you won't hear any audible voice, but there will be an impression inside of you that don't go there. You need to leave this area. You, you need to go. You, you need to stop doing this. And as you have those impressions, you need to learn to be obedient uh, to those impressions the Holy Spirit guides your life. Ephesians 4.30 says, And don't bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, He has identified you as His own, guaranteeing that you'll be saved on that day of redemption. And so, as you have those promptings of the Holy Spirit, we can grieve the Holy Spirit. We can upset the Holy Spirit when we just say, I'm, I'm not listening to that. No, I'm going to do it because I, I enjoy this. I want to do this. And yet Holy Spirit's saying, I want you to stop this. And there comes a battle that takes place in our lives. And we've got to be listening to the Holy Spirit and not to our own spirit of what we want or what we desire. So again, being sensitive, open to the Holy Spirit, going to help us to live in the light and uh, help us to come back in alignment uh, with uh, God's uh, nature. As the Holy Spirit, He will guide us. He will direct us. He will lead us. Um, he, he will watch over us, speak to us. So many areas. Convict us of sin. And so Holy Spirit has come to help you. He's not someone that we ignore. He's someone there to help us. He's our comforter. He's our helper. He's the one who will strengthen us and give us power and, and enable us uh, to live for him. Galatians 5.16 says, let the Holy Spirit guide your life then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. It becomes an impossibility. When you start being sensitive to the Holy Spirit and what Holy Spirit wants, you know what, all these cravings, they'll stop because you're going to be listening to what Holy Spirit has to say. So that's very, very important for us as well. To live in the light, we need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and obedient to the Holy Spirit. You know, sometimes we can be really good at, you know, I just feel the Spirit of God say this, right? Feel the Spirit of God say this, but when you don't do anything about it, it's not doing you any good. You've got to be obedient to the Holy Spirit when he speaks as well. Then lastly, to live in the light and to be lights to our world, we need to live by a new nature. Ephesians 4.24, put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. See, righteousness, living a righteous life, living a holy life, I'm sorry, friends, I know it's not popular out there in a lot of Christian circles, but it's the Word of God. The Bible says we are to live righteous life. We are to live holy lives. And again, that may not be popular out there, but it's the truth. It's what the Bible says. We're to strive for righteousness, especially as new creatures in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, 
this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. Or in other translations, he's become a new creation or a new creature. The old life is supposed to be gone and a new life has begun. So the old life, the way we used to live, that needs to be passed. That needs to be put behind us. And we need to start walking towards this newness of life that we are experiencing. You know, that's part of the testimony of water baptism as well. That when we have those times of being uh, water baptized, part of baptism, when you go down into those waters, it symbolizes that you're putting to death, you're burying that old person, the old way that you used to live. And as you rise up out of that water, you're leaving the old behind and you're rising up to a newness of life. And that's the new nature that we should be doing. We should be striving after. My past is behind me. I'm not picking it up again. I'm not reaching back into the water and grabbing that and hauling the back up. No, it's there. It's buried. It's covered. It's gone. We're now going forth as a new creature in Christ. So lifestyle is very important to be a light unto our world. And again, Paul uh, helps us because, you know, inquiry minds want to know, well, what does it mean? What good things are we supposed to be doing then if we're put away certain things? The Bible says, what are the things that we're to put on? Well, it starts with righteousness. starts with holy living. Verses 25, 32, we already read them, so we won't read them again, but talks about speaking truth, working hard, being generous, helping others, speaking words of encouragement, being kind and tenderhearted, being willing to forgive. Those are, are all important characteristics that we're now to put on as a new nature in our lives. And of course, that's a growing process for all of us. And if we're going to be like Jesus, then we need to strive to live like that new nature and that may it become more evident in our lives. Colossians 3.10 says, put on that new nature. Be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. And it should be the goal of every Christian to become more and more like Jesus, that we might be a light that will touch our world, touch our homes, touch our community. So it involves putting on a new nature, that it might be a testimony of light to the world to never look back. You know, friends, I really believe, as we look at living in the light, that God is calling us as a church as the church, as many churches, as Christians, to be lights into our world. And I know over these past uh, few years, it's been quite stressful on, on just about everybody. And now that we're in a season where we're seeing rising costs and those things uh, taking place, it can be quite easy to entertain the old flesh and kind of welcome back the old nature. I think even through COVID, you know, that want to kind of bring back the old nature and stir you up from all the things that is going on. But I really believe that God is speaking to the church right now, not just this church, but every church, every Christian. And he's telling us not to be yielding to those temptations anymore. And that we need to get back to focusing on being a light to our world, to show people Jesus. You know, there's been enough misrepresentation everywhere out there in the world about Jesus. We need, the church needs to be coming together to show a proper representation of Jesus Christ into our world. When we go out to, to Good Fish, one of our, our purposes in our plan, and we clearly tell people when we're there, 
Our, our purpose is to show a true representation of Jesus Christ. We recognize there have been wrongful representations of Jesus presented to many of our indigenous people. And so we want to be out there and be true lights, real lights, according to the word of God. And I really believe God is calling his church, once again, back to that importance on focusing on being a light that's going to draw people to Jesus. Because the Lord is preparing his church. He's getting ready. We are in those last days. And he wants a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. So he's starting to work on the church. There's been a cleansing that has taken place. If you haven't noticed that uh, throughout churches everywhere, as you hear pastors talk about it everywhere, is how churches have emptied out during this COVID time. And uh, that's not to say those people won't come back, but the longer they stay away from God, the harder it is going to be to come back. So God's calling the church, be, your, be lights. Be lights. We need to be directing people back towards God. They need to see it in us. We're the people responsible to our world to be a light that's going to guide and bring them back to Jesus. We are to be a light to those who have backslidden, those who have fallen away from God. We need to be standing as a light to draw them back to Jesus. You know, in our church, I've been here a number of years. There's been a number of people in this church that are true testimonies of being a light, of how their life has been changed. And we've shared testimonies. We have to do another one here shortly. But there's a lot of people right in this church that could stand up and talk about where they've been and where they've come from. There's some amazing stories right here in this church that I've been blessed by as a pastor to see, to observe, to watch, to see these beautiful testimonies speaking to our world, showing people, you know, I was once this way, but now I'm a totally different person. And they are. We have people that have grown up in Christian homes here, or people that have been Christians for many, many years, and they're portraying a testimony of being a Christian. Just like I said of that gentleman that noted a person in our church, a couple, to say, you know, they're the finest people I've ever met in my life right here. People portraying that testimony of being a light. Thank you. Thank you for that. And we have people that are just starting this journey as well. And that gets me so excited and blessed when I hear those people come to me and they're telling me about things that they're doing, things they're putting aside. And I'm saying, well, I didn't preach that. I didn't talk about that. Where did you hear that? Pastor, I was praying. Pastor, I was reading the word of God. That's exciting. We are not perfect people. And so if you're watching us online, we're, we're not a perfect people. If you're here, you're new and kind of wondering about this church and what it's about. We're not a perfect people. We are a people, though, that are in progress. We're a work in progress. And we're pressing towards the mark of the high calling of Christ Jesus to be the light that he wants us to be. And friend, there is a fresh call to the church today to be a bright light, to refocus on what's important and what a Christian really should be according to the word of God. That's a call I really sent that is going out to all churches right now. Time for the church. Put aside all of our differences, all the things we've allowed to come in and start being a light again. I was thinking 
back throughout my own life and even here in our own church of where we are with Christ, the testimonies that we have, do we still have the same testimony? I was thinking back a long time ago. I remember my wife and I, we went to the services and they had a prayer tent. And anyone who wants to be prayed for, wants you to come on in here. So my wife and I did. And you just kind of came, you waited a turn, then somebody. And I remember we went there and there was, I think, three people and they prayed for us. And there was a little girl there. And I remember her words more than I remember the adult words. I can't remember a thing they said, unfortunately, but I sure remember that kid's word because she said, I saw you two when you stood at the front of the tent. She said, and I saw a light beaming out of you. And she said, I was kind of praying, Lord, I hope they come to my table. And as God would have it, we did. And she was able to tell us that little story. I was thinking about that and saying, Lord, I want to be that same light today. God, is that same light beaming from me today as it was then? I think that's a question that you need to ask yourself as well. Is that same light that was beaming when you became a Christian and serving God, is it still beaming bright today? Because if it isn't, I think we need to ask God. I've had a kind of interesting person. uh, We were in Calgary this uh, part of the weekend, and this person, uh, not from our church, they texted me and just said, hey, pastor, I don't know if you remember something, but I want to tell you about my mom and the time that you visited her hospital some years ago. I think it was maybe four or five of these years ago. And you know what she thought? She said, when she saw you come in the room, she saw a light that came with you. And, I, and again, as I was praying here last night, God, I want to make sure I portray the same light. I don't want to go backwards. God, I don't want to be in that place where people don't see a difference in my life. That when I walk into a room, that the room notices there's something different about that individual. And I think that's where God wants to bring us all back to. That we might be those people that when we walk in a room, something different about that person. You go to a store, there's something different about that person. That's the kind of light we are to be. Matthew 5, 14. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. Friends, I really believe that the Lord is speaking to churches today, to all Christians today, speaking to our church. Be the light. Be the light. Get your focus back and be the light unto the world that is around you. There are still many people that need to come to Jesus. There are still many people that have walked away or they got caught up in worldly things that God wants them back. God desires nobody to perish. So we know that even when we have loved ones that walk away, God wants them back and he's calling them. But we need to be lights to show them the way. We need to stand up, be lights. So I encourage you to do that as we close. Father, help us to be the light. Lord, I want to be a light to this community, to the people around me, to all my relatives, to all my friends, people that don't know me. I want to be a light. I want to make a difference, Lord. And Father, I know that even for myself, Lord, 
There can be days when you don't feel that. You don't sense that or you don't even walk in it. So Lord, help us each and every day to get back to being a light. Being a light. Father, there are many people in this area, community, nation, people who are watching us from different parts of the world. Lord, that you desire that they would be saved. That they would come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ, experience salvation, welcome Christ into their life, experience forgiveness of sins, experience a new joy, experience a new nature as they come to you. Help us to be the light. Help us to be a city on a hill. Help us as a church right here at Bethel Family Worship Center in St. Paul, 9216 Highway 29, Lord, to be like a city on a hill that is fully lit, that is fully bright, that draws people to you. And Father, I thank you that there have been those testimonies where people have come to this church, not because we were such good witnesses, but simply that this church was like a light to them that drew them in and they came to that place and gave their lives to Christ. Father, we want to be that even more. We want to see this building burn so bright that, Lord, that you can see this place for miles. We want to be a people that burn so bright that, Lord, again, you can see us for miles. God, help us to get back to that place where we are the light of the world to bring people to Jesus Christ. We'll give you thanks for it in Jesus' name.